Your show's rubbish. Mistletoe and wine, children singing. I think we can end Christian it there. Christian rhyme. We've had to pay. It's like the ghost of the Christmas past. Well, it wasn't actually. It was Gary Forrestal, which is me. Um, I'm here with Mars Purnell. You can hear in the background there. And uh, well, no, he's in the foreground actually. We're both in the foreground. Or are we just far away? We f- close, close or far away? Far, that's oh. Father Ted reference. Look it up. But yeah, it's Christmas Day. It is actually Christmas Day. We're recording this on Christmas Day for our patrons. It's a special patron show. We're just going to answer a couple of your questions. It's not going to be a long podcast, but it's going to be a little, little Christmas message to you, just to say as well, Merry Christmas to everyone. An alternative Christmas message, you know, the Queen does one, we're going to do one. This isn't, oh, okay, this is like the, well, except ours is only going to a few people, but they are very special people. Let me, let me tell you who they are. Sean Wright, Robert Banks, Ding. Jesse Arujo, Dan Sachi, Henry Marwood, David McGear, Daisy Elizabeth, and Peter Emanuelson. You're all our patrons. You are, you know, all our listeners are special to us, all to the main podcast, but patrons in particular, very, very special because we really appreciate your kind gift of money and um, especially around this sort of Christmas time and COVID and everything. So thank you very much for being patrons. We really appreciate it. This is something we're giving back. It's shite. It's not good. But it's all we can do. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the best we can do with the brain we've got. If I was the sort of person that sent Christmas cards, all of you would get one. You do Merry send Christmas, Christmas and cards. That. You do send Christmas cards. You told no, me. I don't know. I, d- I did. I did all my Christmas shopping in about an afternoon. So a lot of gift vouchers flying around there. Well, no, Martin Mars didn't. Mars did about five different alcohol runs before Christmas. <laughs> So just to make sure he had I enough. I just got really worried because I bought I bought a bottle of Champagne and I bought a bottle of, of white and I bought another bottle of white and I was like, this isn't enough white wine. So I bought some, I bought three ciders. Then I went out again. I was like, this isn't enough. So I bought another four ciders. But you it's know, it's now, only one day that the shops are closed. I know. Is yeah, that but what you intended to drink on one day? They're not even shut because our little, my little man, my little uh, Turkish man, he's there. The little Turkish fella. The little Turkish fella, he's there. And I know he'll be open today. So I just don't want to be that sad loser that goes to the shop to buy more gin on Christmas Day. Because no, it really makes me look lonely and desperate. And a lot of people have been saying to me this year as well, because I am celebrating on my own. And I'm having a little uh, refreshment yes. cocktail. And yeah. uh, everyone everyone treats you so differently. Like, are you all right? Are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. Look, I've just organised my pants drawer. I've got loads of stuff to do. Make plans and stay busy. This is something that you've got to do if you're doing it. But I'm fine, Gary. I'm yeah, fine. I'm not lonely. this is Mark. No, I'm not lonely. This is you. Like so, you Mars set tells you exactly what he's feeling, but sometimes he uses different words. But it, it's still you can you know exactly what he means. I'm fine. Without him trying to mean it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> by you saying that makes it. But no, I I genuinely think you you are you know you are fine but it's yeah. it's not easy 
Mars, basically Mars's plans were changed, you know, because of COVID and last minute and tier four and all this stuff. Some and, people but did want uh, to see me, Gary. Some then, people did want to see me today. I know. Well, but then, but then the bad thing, he, he lives with his girlfriend. I don't. I live on my own. Oh, but only. But no, I'm not lonely. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you see, this is what this is that's projection. Um, but his girlfriend went back home, so he suddenly found himself from being. And I imagine you probably spent every Christmas of your life with your mum, you know. Yeah. So it's it's different, but it's still it's still okay. You know, we're we're all kind of suffering a bit. And uh, you know, I had I didn't see any family. I saw a couple no. of friends, and um, yeah, just uh, back home now. Um, Presumably you were really looking forward to this though and seeing me on well, Christmas. Well, I suggested this. I suggested this one that we should do this Christmas Day. And I thought it would just be nice, a special Patreon one. We haven't done a Patreon one for a while. We will be putting video clips out, but you hopefully know, everyone could be able to understand. It's obviously been like a bit of a trial in time and also because I've had this like XFM tour of London, which has been in the can for ages, but just getting around to things and, and editing and obviously alongside jobs and other mutual responsibilities that, you know, this stuff does take longer. So bear yeah. with us, bear with us. Thanks yeah, for your forbearance right. as uh, Martin Lewis. That's his key catchphrase. And, uh, you know, my man, my man, Mar- Marty Lou, Lulu. We've got some really nice um, uh, comments from our patrons. Actually, we put our shout out earlier in the week asking, uh, in preparation for this show so do you want me to read out a few of uh, the things yeah, that are go, go for it i i haven't i've i've not through laziness there are some things i don't do regarding the show through laziness but this I, I haven't checked even though i could because i wanted just my reactions to be natural ones on yeah, it so i don't good, know good cover don't know what's coming out good cover this yeah. is from daisy elizabeth who is uh who coined the term detrout so i think you know she should get a share of the patreon <laughs> so daisy says just listen to season two episode 38 and carl's talking about the old man in the suit farting at the sony oh yeah that's yeah that's our next episode it is yeah we we have recorded that episode it's just we ended up actually waffling like the the episode prior to that we ended up waffling for about two hours and it's sitting on my laptop staring me in the face and i'm too scared to go back and listen to that again it's it's, there's a lot to do there he then says how he did one at his parents so he didn't have to rub suzanne's neck and his dad said we've got uh, we've done a lot as a family, but we don't do that. I love the idea that it's more acceptable for Carl to nick a tank to buy a ba- packet of fags, but farting in front of your girlfriend is a no-no. I would second that. Well, I, I say I know that my Miles is <laughs> that is like yeah, you literally could get a tank from an army barracks and drive it down the high street to get a packet of fags that is more likely than the other like or it's more it's more acceptable in your relationship than farting uh, with your girlfriend that is an I, interesting I, debate though they've isn't been it? together yeah. about eight years and they've never like hardly ever done it ever in front of each other well am i allowed to say this by the way yeah. i'm not her name um no yeah because you haven't sent it any personal details but now it's one of those things i don't know the toilet department even though it's no, a great level yeah, we don't like we don't like that. So. No, I know. I could <laughs> never do it in front of each other. But like. I do. But I do love a good toilet trauma story. If someone's got a good bearing out the the minute details are quite 
You want to read your some one of those out on air? We'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do a special on that. Special, yeah. Daisy then goes on to say, "What do you reckon Carl's got Suzanne this year? I think a bumper pack of disposable face masks and a hundred liters of hand sanitizer." Yeah. Well, good point. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you reckon he's got any more kind of? Um, thoughtful with his gifts given the sort of the talks on air he's had from ricky and steve well there's there's two things there there's the being the thoughtful person that i think he is against the financial considerations and the balance the fine balance that exists sort of between the two because they're they're the sort of main he's reason. a millionaire now it doesn't that's not as relevant no that's what i mean but maybe back then he was like well i can't afford this or oh, back, back then yeah but now I think, but I still think, I don't think he's a romantic. He'll never be a romantic. So he won't get romantic presents, but he probably spends a lot. But it's always funny that Suzanne was really thoughtful because she got him like PlayStation game and, and her trips hands. Trips abroad. Thing. Yeah, she she books all the trips. and But yeah, yeah, maybe hand sanitizer. I don't know. But I, I think he spent quite a bit of money, but on quite a thoughtless gift. That's my, <laughs> that's my um, guess. Uh, it would be great to be around there's house on Christmas Day. I mean, be nice to be around anyone's house on Christmas Day. I'm fine, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'd quite like, but I'd love to be there with Carl. Who would you rather be with for Christmas, Ricky, Steve, or Carl? For Christmas? Yeah, Christmas Day. This is. I think Steve. What would you What do you think Steve's doing right now? Well, Steve posted actually because I was on Twitter and he posted a big picture saying I cooked a turkey for eight. But there's only two people coming now, so I've got too much turkey or something like that. So, and he put he posted what he'd done, and it looks it does look nice. I can imagine Steve is a very good cook, but I always think probably I would gravitate towards in general spending time with Steve. But that's just just me. I'd love to spend time with all three of them, which yeah. we never will be because I they bet... never come on the podcast. <laughs> Well, we're getting closer there. We're getting closer. We'll see what happens with Carl. But I reckon Steve's still sort of frugal and, and uh, penny pinching. I bet he does. No, hit, I bet we, a lot of that will be in Tupperware boxes at the end of the night. Maybe. But we remember because I can't remember what I was doing. But I just we were just chatting about Steve over WhatsApp. Or it just Steve came up and we wondered how much money he got. And I checked his net worth. And it was something like, I'm pretty sure it was $60 million, his net worth. So I don't think he's as frugal now. Uh, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine so. But yeah, I think people who are rich sometimes are quite quite frugal, and that's how they kind of keep their money. But do, 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 does it ever kind of worry you that, you know, when we listen and kind of in those days, so Steve did wasn't $60 million then, but he was he was wealthy then because the office had come out, he'd been paid that, he's pretty well off. And he talks about like looking into cafe and or Ricky talks about him saying, oh, that that's like four pound fifty. I'm not going in there. And all, all these little saving money things. And I think I don't do any of that. I spend loads of money like I don't have loads of money, but loads of my money I'm spending. I'm spending a far higher percentage of my money than Steve ever spent. And Steve was worried about buying a four pound fifty like lunch, whereas I buy dominoes that's like 15 quid like twice a week uh, do, do you ever does that ever make you feel yeah like rich? Thing though, isn't i'm it? living the life of a rich uh, <laughs> you, you, you think richard branson's going 
oh, I might have, I might ask for an extra topping on my Domino's pizza today. That's only t- 20p. I can afford that. No, people who are who are rich, and this is a huge sweeping generalisation, but I know that it is from like save money. I know more people probably donate to charitable causes like comic relief or sports relief. Well, it was funny. Me and my girlfriend were talking about this, but she's got a friend, right? And she was she's very generous, my girlfriend, and she was buying them really, you know, expensive rocky gin it's like a sort of fancy japanese gin for a friend and this friend notoriously gives her shit presents she got her um like gin mixers like tacky gin mixers from like debenhams that would have been part of a three for two deal you know something that had the the value of about six pounds against i don't know a fancy 25 bottle of gin and you just think i can't believe you could you probably pass off something you know that she probably got from someone else and gave it to her no, right. it's funny that they both give each other gin. It's like, it's why don't present. you just buy your? Why don't they just buy their own gins and not give presents? Oh, my job like... was against me doing a bank transfer to my sister. She's like, no, it's not special. And I said, you know, yeah, but a nice little plus sign in your account. So you, I'd be happy you with really that. Did you do that? You you gave your sister a present of a bank. I remember one year we both well, <laughs> look, it's one year you both exchanged cards and they both had like fifteen quid in. I was like. Could they just kept the 15 quid? I know, yeah, that's what that's that's what I mean. Like, it's kind of, it's a bit pointless. I know it's thoughtful in that, but I will give gifts to well, partners that I have, that I don't yeah. have at the moment. But that's, uh, so this enter. is why, this is why you don't want to go out with people. And I, I know, yeah, it's like changing a tyre. I don't want to be asked, <laughs> you know. Get, but um, no, I got, I did get really good gifts in my last relationship. Like, I got a... Um, 3D, 3D XL, 3DS XL, and it's like I've still got it today. Uh, but I, then I bought, I imported a necklace from Israel. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Partly gold. Partly. But it wasn't, uh, by the way, this is, I'm not talking like 500 quid. I'm, t- you know, it's about 100 quid, you know. But so, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just one of those things where little little presents like giving 15 quid each it's yeah you're right you might as well have kept the 15 quid even if one of you gave 10 and one of you gave five you just keep your own money do you know what i mean give the card the card is the thoughtful you heard it here first keep your own money send the card but don't spend too much on the card although if you're anything like me don't even send the cards out because i didn't send (laughs) this one's from sean wright who is a new patreon and he says hello Looking forward to uh, now becoming an official D-Trout-E. Sean, you are official D-Trout-E. You, we, we need to come up with a new phrase. Like, D-Trout, Patreon. I don't know, get Patreon. This is, in this is why I do all of the coining yeah. of the phrases. No, the, uh... Daisy does all the coining of the phrases. <laughs> yeah, Daisy says she's going to be joining me next week. She's presenting with me so instead of you. Sean says, really enjoying the show and the interviews are mint. And your technique, I love the word mint. That's very... Uh, that's yeah, it's like we used fun. to say in our high school. I like it's that. Like sort of East Enders. Yeah, <laughs> and your technique for approaching them works really well. I'm 31 and do remember listening to the odd RSK show live on XFM on Sky Digital oh. Radio channels, channel 0113, I think, around 2003 to 4, but was always a casual listener. But they really got into Ricky Gervais show and Guardian podcast from 2005 and later stumbled upon the XFM shows uh, around 2008-ish. Christ debug is the ultimate moment on all of the shows for me. Sean, Sean's asked us, how highly do you rate the Office Christmas specials? I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Now, Sean, I want to start straight away and say part of my normal Christmas routine is something that I'm actually going to miss this year 
is me and my mum, we're, we're both really into our comedy. And we will always, without fail, sit down and watch all of the sitcom classics. So you start off with, you know, Father Ted Christmas special. <laughs> and then we'll, then we'll move into the Office Christmas special. And there's loads of others. Obviously a bit of stand-up in there as well, a bit of far show, whatever. But the Office Christmas specials, they're, they're iconic. And they are, they're probably the best thing that I, I definitely think they're the best thing that Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant has done, obviously, aside from the XFM shows. They're so, the, the way it concludes, like they're, they're specials and it concludes the stories of the two, of the two series into such a nice, pack, nice package. Mm. So you have the, you know, the story arc of Dawn and Tim, Ricky Gervais telling Finchie to fuck off, which is such a huge. Yeah. And moment. it's finally connecting with a woman, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just put it from my own point of view, it's I completely agree with you, Sean, and what Miles has said. They are absolute masterpieces. I mean, I would say The Office, every episode of The Office is a masterpiece. And as a body of work, it's a masterpiece. But so often with shows, you will get where they where they do a series of shows and then afterwards they kind of do a Christmas special. It's often disappointing. There are examples to the contrary father ted great christmas mrs special. brown's yeah. boys as well really? probably mrs. Brown's that. Boys, absolutely. no that's a joke but but the office christmas special as it, as you say it's like it's especially as they did it in two parts and i remember watching it live uh when it was on tv and it was because the office came out in 2001 first series 2001 second series 2002 the office christmas special wasn't to, to 2003 a year and a half later so it's like it, had, it hadn't been on tv it might have been repeated but it wasn't on you know for the first time for over a year and it was just lovely to watch everything. They drew everything together. And Ricky brings it up in the show when they talk about the Office Christmas special. And I think it's when they talk about the necklace and the the um, why don't they like a bit of tear. That's that's that kind of discussion. But what Ricky says, which is good, because Carl says, yeah, I like the Christmas special. One of my favourites. Uh, second one, second one's my favourite. And Ricky immediately jumps in, kind of a bit defensively, but he doesn't need to be. But it's true what Ricky says. He says, well, that's good, because the second one was like the payoffs. This first one was more the setup. The first one, which is true. But the first one is really, really good. But the second one is just genius. But you can't have one without the other. They make each other because they set up so many storylines. And those storylines had been bubbling up over series one and two of the office anyway and just it's so beautiful and the song they use at the end mm. what is it only you yeah only you to, yeah i can't hear that without oh absolutely i'm exactly same. and and you know the other thing i love is when they're taking a photo at the end and brent's kind of he's realized not fully like it's not it's not an unrealistic ending where they didn't make him so he has a girlfriend at the end just that he connected a bit with a woman yeah. like, and she found it funny and when they're having the photo taken and it's like he really is he's he and he says something i can't remember what it is and they all laugh a genuine yeah like they for the first time like he's made a genuine joke that's made yeah. them laugh a bit. and the reason he's done that is because he's more self-aware because he's kind mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, he's kind of like realised some of his faults, but he's not suddenly become perfect. He, he's 
it's not suggested that he's suddenly going to be a stand-up comedian, but he's just made one little joke that people have laughed at, and then and they take the photo, and it's a nice photo. And so that's a nice moment for me. And Tim and Dawn, of course, everything, and Finchie to fuck off. He's an iconic moment in British television, like I would say, out of anything, drama, horror, comedy, you know, so it's great. Yeah, I really love the Office Christmas specials, as you can tell. And they are like, genuinely that the phrase the icing on the cake is it really applies to the office christmas specials because it is like a cake the office it's a lovely cake and that is the icing on top that makes it kind of a complete fully formed series and that's the difference between that and the american office which is funny in parts but it just goes on and on and on and on and on the office stopped 12 episodes done or 12 episodes, two Christmas specials, and the story is complete. And that's why I didn't want him to make the film. Mm. And I haven't watched the film. Well, but... fans of Ricky Gervais will know that there's been like early rumours circulating that he might bring back David Brennan. And this, of course, has nothing to do with Stephen Merchant. No. Just going back to the, the Christmas specials, like stand-up moments for me, I think this is <laughs> one of the lines that we quote to ourselves quite a lot is that, uh, yeah, she said she'd be wearing a white chiffon. Oh, yeah, well, in fact, we, we made a, there was something we made. I can't remember if it was an early Twitter account or it was an early something we did that we didn't care, carry on that was white chiffon scarf. That was like our name on Twitter or something. <laughs> but, I thought, but it was an email. But it's just a brilliant scene. I said, Phil, it's only ever, and character actresses and actors kind of must go through this when they're bought in because of, say, a physical characteristic that isn't necessarily flattering and i'm trying to be i'm not being unkind here but don't you feel sorry for that actress she knows just, you're gonna say something like X, I thought you're gonna go back to xfm and said you know that listener the the listener talked about the unlikely lust objects oh yeah no. <laughs> i wouldn't waste my time no but it is like that with that actress she knows that she's been bought in because brent she's someone that brent would be disappointed she's not bad it's it's the it's a woman later on in the episode where when david brent returns to the office oh sorry i was was waiting for a a blind date and i was worried you were going to be it oh yeah that's yeah that's uh yeah for those roles if you knew it was it's for a comic you would would because you want to and you know that if what she Look, she she will have read her lines of script like before, like to audition. So she, she they, they would audition with the same lines of script as, as they say. So they would know what what they're going to be doing. But, you know, it's it's the life as an actor. You get paid for work. And by that time, the office was quite big. You know, it was it was still not as big as it is now, but it was quite big after series one and two because it had got such rave reviews. And so to be in the office Christmas special, I think yeah. was worth it for them. But I I still feel sorry for them because well, you could almost say, what do you remember of the photo that was good? I think she was wearing a nice white chiffon scarf or something. Is that yeah. all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also also a lovely maybe my favourite moment of the whole Christmas specials is where. She's she's outside and she said because he 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 comes out and sort of says, oh, she's disappointed. She wasn't what I expected, you know, and it's like so you think, oh, he's maybe he's being a bit harsh. But OK, fair enough that she, she wasn't. And then she comes out and says, actually, he was basically the one lying. She doesn't say it like that, but she's like, 
oh no he's he said all these things and then she says can i show you the photo he sent me and yeah. she turns it around that i love that i love and that's a lovely little scene because it's it's very clever the way they kind of shift around expectations yeah. and also sean i'd like to say i don't think we've ever had a listener who's said that they have heard the shows that they actually heard them live we've had listeners who've been into the XFM shows for 10 years but not that actually listen to them live so I think you're the, you're the only listener that I know of who has listened to the shows live which is amazing it's kind of like I've always wanted to kind of find people who've listened to the shows live you're one of them which shows did you listen to live let us know like kind of do you remember much from the shows and also did you remember then them like did you feel then that they were going to have a, as much of an impact on you as they have done now because presumably you found them just as funny then, but you know, let us know. Great, because... great question. Great man, great dog. Great man, great dog. Great man, great dog. This one's from David Maguire moving on. Have you ever noticed in the podcast series, Carl says, I've never been to Scotland when talking about when talking about going to space, yet he clearly has after his trip to Edinburgh that we hear about at the start of series two XFM. Carl probably doesn't know Edinburgh is in Scotland. I'm sure he does. I'm the annoying Patreon spot in these things. I love a good discrepancy. <laughs> No, 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 it's 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 um it's well spotted. I never never kind of put those two things together before. But uh, it's just it's a case of it's like I got into a debate with a listener over email that we're still having about you know <laughs> me, me saying that some of Carl's childhood stories weren't an accurate reflection of reality, which I fully believe. But I believe they're all based on a large element of truth. But things like misremembering. It's a big thing. Of course, not Carl Scotland's Edinburgh is in Scotland, but you do kind of misremember and you think, oh, how could you misremember that you've been to Scotland, to Edinburgh? And you, you'd you never think you would at the time that you're there, but you, you would. And that's a story Carl has misremembered from about two years ago by the time he says it. Stories from his childhood, he, of course, he's going to misremember and, yes, slightly embellish. So it's a good example of where, you know, he's not lying. But he is being inaccurate. You know, he has been to Scotland. He just you just forget it at the time, you know. So, yeah, well spotted. He goes on to say, at Christmas time, I have a tradition of listening to the Christmas two. Christmas time. <laughs> He's sorry, back. That, goes to the Christmas past. Oh, OK, so sorry. Say that sentence again. Um, at Christmas time, I have a tradition of listening to the two Radio 2 shows from 2005, just as the podcasts were coming out. Have you heard them? Well, David, really interesting that you mentioned that because we're gonna do them we're gonna we're gonna actually do them um close to sort of uh hopefully uh within the next sort of few days we've actually listened to the shows already and we've put together a bit of a plan and we're gonna talk about and so we're gonna we're gonna have a little uh, jolly and chat about those and i'm gonna put those two shows together out as a sort of christmas bump back a little bit late but you know that's kind of what you expect here at the detroit spin is you always get your christmas presents but they come a bit later yeah, well, you, well, this is a Christmas present on Christmas Day. Yeah. You can edit. Are you going to edit this one on Christmas yeah, Day? Yeah, I can do it on Christmas. You, you can. You, you can include all this. It's just like, uh, just like. Yeah, I'll do, oh, it, I'll do it later, Gary, when I'm just, you know, crying into. Well, my it, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> um, so, Miles, Miles is fine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so David, uh, his next question is: mm. How did you guys meet? And also, how did you come across the XFM masterpieces? Mm. So I can I can answer that. Uh, we, we we were both volunteers at a radio station 
And I, Gary had been there for a while. This was in Coastway uh, Hospital Radio for Brighton. And Gary was already doing a show there uh, with, with the head of the station at the time. Kind uh, of. I wasn't really... Basically, I, I, I joined the station about four years before Miles. And I did a show with someone else called Sam. He was, he was kind of a friend of a friend. And I just mentioned to him one day on radio, I was doing hospital radio and oh, I wanted to do it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll do a show. And basically... It was it was a good show, but it was like he did the music bit and I did the sort of chat bit that we're talking about. But he always picked the music and I got like one song pick a month. And um, basically he drifted away, didn't didn't really want to do it. And it was it was okay, you know. Good riddance. It was an okay show. So that was was about two years. Then I did a series of shows with like uh, different people there, just just either on my own. I didn't do any on my own, but I did like one with our friend Millie, who I saw today, Pete. So I did. I wasn't actually doing a show with the head of the station. I actually had no show that was a regular show at that time. And I Mars joined and the head of the station he did a show where people sort of who were new came in and joined in and joined in the chat Mars was very good at that and uh <laughs> no it wasn't he was, I hated, that. I I, hate I, going I really, on that show I was joking he wasn't good at that and he hated it but that's uh, we met during one of those times because I came into some of those shows and Pete and I Pete's the head of the station Pete and I were just chatting in the pub after one of our shows and he said you know who you'd be good with he said that that young boy Miles, that really young, attractive, plucky uh, graduate. He didn't say that. He probably thinks it, but um, <laughs> he, no. He he said you'd be really good with Miles because uh, just because he'd kind of just seen us how we'd interacted slightly on air. Miles was like a Miles was like a gold a golden no no like a red setter puppy at that time. He was so eager. Yeah. Like, I remember him giving me his phone number and he was like like just just i don't know he was almost shaking you know because he was so excited and it wasn't because it was me it was just no. like you were you were probably like that with everyone but he was like oh yeah 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 we'll do a show we'll... and that we we very early on very before that actually before pete decided we should do a show we had had some talk about our comedy references and things we we loved and it, it was the office we bonded over the office and we talked about doing writing really early on and we went to the pub and we kind of met and we we had we we just we just started talking to each other and it was like we we want so many of the same things we yeah. like so many of the same things we're different actually and that you know we are different in some ways younger, but there's so us many similarities both in our 30s is the fact <laughs> um but uh yeah so uh, we kind of met and then we started going to the pub more we started doing a show then and uh we would go to the pub every not morning but afternoon uh, for an hour before it and yeah. sometimes for four or five hours after it and we we did uh some of our early writing and things and uh yeah it was good those days we bonded over quite unhappy relationships that we we're in at the time and you know that was a genuine bond that's a real thing to bond over because it's like it's 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 such a it was such a difficulty for us but we also had the comedy and things and basically with, with regards to the xfm show i had discovered them i discovered them after before the podcast 
before I discovered the actual podcast, I discovered, I, I saw a documentary about Ricky and Steve. I think it was Comedy Connections or something like that. And Carl Pilkington is a talking head on it. And so I just, I just put into YouTube Carl Pilkington afterwards. I thought, and they, I think they, I think they mentioned the radio show that they used to do. I can't remember. Anyway, I put it in YouTube. And this piece of audio came up. It was the weirdest piece of audio I've ever heard. And it was one of the monkey newses. It's like, what is going on here? Like, you know, I hadn't bought into the world yet. I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. So, but I just didn't quite get what was going on. And I started listening to more and more and more. And then I found them all, downloaded them all, and listened to them all twice or three times within probably about two or three weeks. I'd listened to them all a couple of times. And I and Mars had um, listened to the podcast, I think, by that time. But I put Mars onto the XFM show. I said, no, no, you should be listening to this XFM show. Yeah. Because it's, it's amazing, you know, it's better than the podcast. And so that's our journey. As well, to... I imagine that those very early times, like we've, we've known each other for what, like six, seven years now? Eight years. Eight, eight years, bloody hell. Um, but it's, uh, I remember after you, you told me about the shows, I listened to them. And like you, I listened to them all really, really quickly, like literally one after the, the other. And I just remember meeting you down the pub and going, oh, there's this bit, there's this bit. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll be, be quoting stuff already. And it's so funny how things stick in your mind and they're so pertinent yeah. already and you've probably listened to them a, a few times but that those initial few weeks of discovering those shows well i know i don't mean this to sound like the like grandiose but they were genuinely like some of the best months or years of my life and yeah. i can also say for anyone that does sort of i don't know struggles to make connections or struggles to meet people i would also really really <laughs> gary i would really highly recommend joining uh, a volunteer uh community or hospital radio because i really sorry i really thought you were going to say i'd really recommend you you uh, signing up to us on patreon <laughs> i really thought that was going to be your solution but you could do that as well but don't i'd really do, recommend don't... joining a, a station because yeah. you learn so many skills like public speaking presenting hosting you could even do a shit podcast like this and yeah. you'll also meet such a variety of people from different backgrounds and different you know different experiences life experiences and that is I, I don't like this phrase but it's kind of where you sort of meet your tribe but certainly it's where but i did i don't make a lot of friends at uni and my longest longer term friends you know I, i've got friends you know phil you like people that i've known for years now and they were just at the radio station and they're all yeah, completely yeah. different i've got weird thumbs and you know stuff like that the radio station itself went downhill a lot when the manager management changed and it was it's it's nothing like that now but as you say like I you know to this day I'm I spent this Christmas with two people both of them were radio people from Coastway Pete and Millie but um if you join a hospital radio station I, I totally agree that's a really good point I think you will not learn new skills as such because we've all got you know you've got skills anyway I'm sure but you just you'll meet people and you do kind of you it gives you so much so confidence, and I'm, confidence to go out and talk to other people yeah. because there were definitely skills that I lacked and things that I learned more that's what I'm talking about when those those sort of personal um, social skills that you don't really get from other places yeah I found it you, you know you you do it you need to an extent and things but I think a hospital radio station is is quite unique because not only you're meeting people right so you you go to places a lot and you meet people you meet people at uni you meet people at work but so you, you're meeting people but you're also then with some people sometimes different people or more than one person being put in this really strange and unique situation where you're talking to them but also 
you're talking, I mean, the audience wasn't that big, but potentially you're talking to many more people who are listening. But so you're trying, so suddenly you're kind of learning about how to talk in a, in a more entertaining way, whilst also interacting with this person, which is a unique way of interacting with them when you're on air with them. It's strange, it's strange. It's a, it's, it's weird, you know, it's kind of a, but it's brilliant. It's it's very, very life affirming. And it, yeah, I would recommend it also. Very good point, Miles. I didn't think of that. But yeah, even if you don't struggle to meet people, I would recommend a hospital radio station or a, or a, or a volunteer radio station, except Brighton and Hove Community Radio. That's another one we went no, I do. I shouldn't. If I hope they're not listening. But yeah, that was a bit. Are we uh, allowed to tell the story about the? There's tins. Of... Well, tell the Capri one, but no, no, tell the story about the gospel, the gospel church bit. I, we, can we tell that? I think so. Well, no, it was just. It's oh. not that many people listening to this. No, I, I know, but it's still. Um, okay, let's be racist. There's only it's six not people. A racist story. No, I know. It's no, no. I know. I know. I know. Well, there's a there's a gospel choir singing. Uh, there's this it's got head of the radio station. In contrast to Pete, who we love, Alan. <laughs> but yeah, Alan. I mean, Alan was always a bit um, kind of uh, dour and downbeat and uh, negative from the beginning. I think when he heard our show, uh, we did a test show. He said, and we did two hours. He said, I think. I think you'll be better at one hour because there's only one hour's worth of entertainment there. <laughs> and then you also said, can you also, I think I think your show would uh, be better with a bed. It's like, cheers. So you want it to be shorter. Yeah, less us. Less us, basically. But then, anyway, we were sitting down with a meeting with him, like in this foyer of, uh, it's kind of like a hotel. Community, it's like a community centre type yeah, thing. Yeah, and uh, there was this gospel choir sort of singing were they were they live in the room but in a different no place? They, they were in they were in like a different room but yeah but it's really group. loud and really nice you know uplift gospel music's really uplifting it gets most people uplifted anyway alan alan starts really like shouting at us not sh- not in anger at us but like you know when you raise your voice when there's some there's a noise and you do you raise your voice a little bit he was making a point to shout like how dare this gospel choir get in the way of me shouting at far too loud a volume for us we didn't he didn't need to be that loud but he was like really making a point that this gospel choir you know and i i don't know to this day it'd be libelous for me to suggest this for sure but I think he had something against the people who were singing the gospel. Well, it's just, it's the worst. It's it's that sort of undertone passive was, racism. Yeah, passive isn't it? aggressive, yeah. Because he, 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 he should have really gone in and go, Oi, listen up here, you bunch of Bible bashers. Shut the fuck up. I'm having a meeting in there. I it's really important. thought you were going to say something else there, you bunch of... <laughs> what? No, no, I know. Even, even as Alan, we can't say... But it was it was fun times. We got locked out of the studio a couple of times, <laughs> and Alan had to come rescue us. To be fair, that's the one time he wasn't annoyed. He was actually all right, like, when we got locked out. But, yeah, it was a strange place with... So tin. you'll have great times if you there join that. Just don't join that one. Don't join that <laughs> one. Tin, tin <laughs> dog food. Yeah, uh, those tins of dog food and the cheapest biscuits I've ever seen in my life. He never offered us one. I think um, overall that was, you know, a traumatic experience. We're, we've been through therapy each, <laughs> and uh, we're learning to live with our our days of violence. No, it was it was fun. It was still fun to do the radio show then, but we actually the reason we went on to a different radio station was because we 
were there was someone else joined Coastway and he was put in a management position and he listened to our show. We didn't like I'll be honest, I'm not well, even no, it was at it was at the time. It was a special day and they said him and the rest of the board, like the trustee board, whatever, they would be listening to all of the shows. And until then we'd been doing it for quite a while and doing pretty well. You know, we were pretty Yeah, yeah. We we had some good we had some good times and we had some good shows and we were quite you know, people liked the show there and they liked us and the other that they told us that day that everything would be listened to and we were a little bit worried because often Gary and I would have you know a couple of I'd have a couple of pints or no, it's three no pints. it's just we we were no just it, sharpeners or looseners in the, yeah of course in the in the vein of never copying we never went on to show we loved the XFM shows by that time we never went on stage on on air and sort of were like oh let's be like Ricky and Steve and try and be a bit like Carl and Ricky and Steve. no but we took you lend from their style and we were a bit naughty put it that way like especially for a hospital radio station we were quite naughty anyway I didn't remember the bit that you just said that they told us they'll be listening I couldn't remember but basically we got a text halfway through the show saying get off air now or it was towards the end of the show we, we were overran a tiny bit and all that would have been following us was randomly played music because no one else was on air get off air right now You've you've been on too long, and then there was some other criticisms about what we'd said. I think I what I'd said, and and then we we went to the pub that day, and we were like, we don't need this, you know, we're not we're not being paid. It's it's this horrible kind of arrogant management style that was totally not there when we first joined. And I wrote a, an email on my phone, and I was I was really proud of it, and we kind of wrote it together. And I, we just said, I'm, I'm not, we're not doing this anymore. We quit. So See you we, later. See you later. So, um, yeah, and so we end up with Alan. Anyway, that's our story. We, we're going on a bit too much. That's enough about our story. But, um, yeah, that's, um, it's, it's interesting thinking back to those days. But you're right. Like, I've made lifelong friends through Coastway. One of them sitting right here. One of them's in on the mic <laughs> and the other mic, but yeah, no. But apart from you, I'll take you as Red because we we have kept up a very close relationship over the years with working and and writing and broadcasting and kind of you know you I take as Red, you know, very very close friend. But I, but there's other friends who I don't speak to that often and see that much still from Coastway to this day. Um, you know, I'm close to, and that's nice. It's it's a nice uh, community feel. And the last one, this is from Robert Banks. We've just just a few recommendations for all of you patrons. I would recommend listening to all of the podcasts Carl did at the start of the year to promote Sick of It, Distraction Pieces, Two Shot Podcast, Balance, Plot Twist, and Eleven Zs with Daniel Perry, which uh, what I spent the last week doing. I love hearing about pre-XFM days where he talks about doing a late night radio show in Manchester and journey to getting the job at XFM. It is an awful lot of insight. I like it when Carl is treated like a human, not a character. I can absolutely second uh, those re- recommendations that Robert has um, passed on because they, they're, they're really, really great shows and they'll offer you something completely different like behind the scenes. And it's always nice when Carl, he doesn't talk about it that much. And I think everyone, certainly all of the XFM community wants to hear more about those days. But it's just, just a bit of a shame that he doesn't talk about that so much now be great to get him on this podcast obviously because this is our area this is our sort of usp but um yeah, yeah we know we're not holding our breath and we'll see what happens but just yeah. i i think though those are great recommendations to do whilst you're eating your turkey or uh or when you're just going on your christmas walk or whatever it is no i highly recommend those 
recommendations <laughs> yeah you said recommend all <laughs> recommendations so many times there it just lost all its meaning to me but um yeah uh yeah no thank you rob but i uh i haven't listened to all of them actually so i've listened to bits and it, it, i know what you mean carl isn't treated as a character he's not a character he's never a character even on next he's not a character but i know what you mean he's kind of treated in that character way um but all of the podcasts kind of i haven't listened to them all but i imagine he's not talking too much about the xfm days and that's something that laurie peters his childhood friend told us you know that he kind of he do, uh, he told us off actually before we started broadcasting that he told Carl that he was doing our show and Carl's like why why do people still talk about that why would why would anyone be talking about those radio shows like he doesn't get it and he he doesn't get it for a sweet way because he's kind of you know he's not he's not big-headed in that sense but he also kind of he doesn't like revisiting them I don't think so it's unlikely he'll do our podcast but you never know and uh we hold out hope because I don't think we're going to get Ricky and uh Steve is a maybe but we'll see but that's all for the new year and uh great recommendations robert thank you also everyone who daisy and sean and who else was do we have suggestions from david i think thank you everyone for your questions and comments still keep leaving them because we will be doing these um occasional shows and other video clips and things we will respond to your comments in in the shows that we do and you can also comment just say a subject and we will we will try and talk about it on the show. So thank you. Lemons. Happy New Year. Oh, sweet. What? Could you, about, could you tell me about lemons? Um, less sugar than a strawberry. More sugar than a strawberry. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so thank you, everyone. And yeah, Merry Christmas. I hope that you have a nice day. We, we've had strange days, you know. We haven't seen family. It's difficult for for you, you know, if you've been on your own. Um, I hope I'm fine. Things like this help. Yeah, but I wasn't talking about it. But that's. But I just want to leave on this. Miles Purnell, ladies and gentlemen, is absolutely fine. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you, you next year, I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year. Bye. Bye.